This episode is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped have kindly agreed to continue sponsoring the podcast. You can use our promo code GTM to receive 20% off all products and free worldwide shipping. If you've not heard of Manscaped before, they're now the leading company in male grooming. Their products range from face razors to nose trimmers and their famous lawnmower 3.0, which is a product specifically designed for in and around your never regions, so you no longer have to worry about snagging the bag. As a listener of Go In The Match, you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code GTM. Head over to www.manscaped.com to have a look at all their range of products to grab yourself an absolute bargain. Welcome back to the Go In The Match podcast. I've been wanting to do something a little different with the podcast recently and come away from that match day experience. In light of the Champions League quarter-final draws, I thought it would be really interesting listen to get a range of reviews from up to 15 different individuals from each respective club with their thoughts on the draws and how they've seen the campaign go so far for their club. We'll begin with Man City facing Dortmund, in which you'd imagine is going to be a try before you buy for Erling Haaland. First of all, we have ESPN reporter and Dortmund fan Uli Hesse, to give us his thoughts on the draw, followed by writer Harry from Over the Line Football and City Extra, and then finally with a review from Kurt from Man City Fan TV. Well, this is the worst possible draw for a Dortmund fan, I would think. Um, number one, Man City are, as far as I'm concerned, the best team left in the tournament, and um, they're very probably going to win the Champions League this year. But number two is, well... Actually, I would have preferred to play any other team for various reasons. You know, Liverpool and Chelsea would have been really, really good, really a lot of fun, you know, because of the Klopp and Tuchel angles. Um, and I think I think a team like Real, we've always done well against Real, you know, historically, so that would be nice. Um, but Man City, that's really going to be probably, probably too tough for us. I mean, um, I've seen them against Gladbach. Well, I've seen them a couple of times this season, of course. But um, I followed those Gladbach games rather closely because of... Well, you know, um, because uh, the Gladbach coach is going to be the new Dortmund coach. And uh, his name is Marco Rosa, and he was really, really... I mean, he's one of those coaches who really does his homework, you know? So he knew exactly uh, what Man City would be like and the way they would be playing. And still, (laughs) and still he was... You know, uh, really, sh- almost shocked after the game at how good they were. Um, so, yeah, from a from a footballing point of view, uh, it, it's not a good draw because I think we would have had a chance to progress against the likes of Porto, even even Liverpool or Chelsea. Um, and it's also that um, you, you know we, we've played Man City a couple of times. So, as a fan, I would have you know just just liked to. I mean, I can't even recall the last time we played Chelsea. So, as, as a fan, that would have been uh, would have been my number one choice, probably. I want Harry from Over the Line Football reacting to Manchester City drawing Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League quarterfinals. First of all, I've got to say, from a City perspective, this is a really tasty draw. I think for too long, City have drawn teams in the quarterfinal. I don't think they need reminded who they were. Leon, um, even Monaco at the time. Um, that are kind of dud games where City were expected to be to just kind of steamroll the team and, and kind of move on to the semi-final and the team seemingly took the foot off the gas and have, have slipped up uh, in them games. I think Leon was kind of a prime example of what's been happening at City for the last couple of years, especially in Europe. Um, so with Borussia Dortmund, which poses a serious threat, you imagine that the, the lads would be right up for it. Um, and there's so many stories that you can bring from this game. None more so, you'd say, than 
the case of Erling Haaland maybe auditioning um, for Manchester City for next season with the heavy interest that they've got. But, you know, he's undeniable quality and he's, he's amazing, especially Champions League goal-scoring record will be a problem for City's assured backline, who's kind of had a new lease of life this season. Ruben Diaz has come in and has been brilliant and, uh, and has kind of shored it up. But uh, John Stones has been an absolute revelation. And the fact that he's keeping what was quoted as the second-best um, centre-half in the Premier League for the last couple of years out of the team at the moment is is just a credit to himself. Um, add to that the, the quality we've got on the on the right wing-back position in João Cancelo, maybe an underrated player on the left wing, um, left wing-back as, as Alexander Sinchenko, Kyle Walker as well, kind of in reserve um, for the pace that Borussia Dortmund might possess. We're going to go into that with a really solid base and then going forward, you know, we've, we, we've got kind of undeniable quality. Not just Erling Haaland's story that might people's interest but the one surrounding Jaden Sancho obviously his fitness at the moment may be in doubt but if he is there he'll be returning to the SCA to showcase just what City missed out on um, when they sold him a couple of years ago. On City's end injuries permitting they just seem to be steamrolling the way through the season. All four trophies seems mental but it's a distinct possibility at this moment in time uh, Champions League quarterfinal to come, an FA Cup quarterfinal to come at the weekend uh, a Carabao Cup final already in the bag and the Premier League 14 points from from being secured again um so we're still in for a shout which which seems crazy but we are um and the switcher system this season from Pep Guardiola has kind of paid dividends and has allowed some players that you've not seen in the past to express themselves none more so than than Ilkay Gundogan 15 goals in in all competitions for the German who obviously is returning to his former club too you know scoring a Champions League final goal with them uh, under Jurgen Klopp in that amazing Dortmund team he'll be right up for it and City's seemingly strikerless formation with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, just to name six or seven, um, has proven to be massively successful. And lastly, Pep Guardiola will know that he'll be judged on Champions League success overall at Manchester City. His league dominance has, has been brilliant and for a City fan that is enough, but if he wants to be seen in the eyes of the media as a massive successor at Manchester City, he'll know he'll have to bring some Champions League glory and he'll be hopeful this season with the team that we've got that he'll just do that. A tie with either PSG or Bayern Munich awaits in the semi-finals, but Manchester City fans will know, especially from last season, that we shouldn't be looking anywhere past Borussia Dortmund at this moment in time. Hello, this is Kurt from Man City Fan TV and I've been kindly asked by the people at Going to Match Podcast for a review of the Champions League draw versus Borussia Dortmund and how the campaign has gone for City so far. I'd like to start off by saying that uh, our, camp- our Champions League campaign this season has been almost perfection in terms of our results. We've topped out our group winning five games and drawing one while scoring 13 goals and only conceding one goal in all of the group phase games. Then we had comprehensive victories in both of our last sixteen, both of our legs in our last sixteen tie versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, finishing both nil, uh, both two nil in both of those games. This is the most comfortable City have ever looked in the Champions League, in my personal opinion, with a exceptional group phase. As I said, only conceding one goal in all six matches. Um, we had Porto, Olympiacos, and Marseille in our group, so not exactly the most difficult in terms of fixtures but in terms of the control and control we've had in those games I think it's absolutely been exceptional but in regards to the quarter-final draw with Dortmund 
Dortmund was a team I personally wanted to get. They're not having their best domestic season while City in contrast are flying high. We're still at, we're we're in the final of the League Cup. We're still in the FA Cup and we're looking to take home yet another league title. But as we all know, form goes out the window in knockout rounds, especially in Europe, and Dortmund's attacking a counter-attacking style might cause us problems over the two legs, but I see it I, I don't see anything other than a city victory over the two legs, in all honesty. Um Dortmund are a side that obviously is a strong team, but in regards to the teams left in the competition, they're probably ranking the bottom two or three. So as City fans, I don't think we should be too unhappy with the draw at all. Um, looking forward, if we do manage to get past Dortmund, obviously we're looking at PSG or Bayern Munich in the final um, semi-final. If we get either of those, if we manage to get through Dortmund and play either of those teams, it's going to be tough. Any game in this part of the competition is definitely tough and I think City have done an exceptional job in the Champions League this season. Very, very comfortable and I'm really excited for the upcoming rounds and I'm only hoping for City victories. But um, thanks for your question, guys. I hope I've uh, answered that nicely and um, cheers again. We then have a rematch from last season's final with the European champions Bayern Munich coming up against last season's runners-up Paris Saint-Germain. Firstly, we have a review from BT Sports, ESPN and the Totally Football Show's football expert Julian Laurence followed by Lee Davy, a writer for Ligue 1 and Get French Football News. To then cover Bayern Munich, we have Florian Plentenberg, a reporter for Sport 1 in Germany, and Bayern blogger Mark from the United States. I think this is the worst draw PSG could have, could have had. That was the one they really wanted to avoid with Manchester City, but I think even more Bayern Munich because, because of the final uh, of the Champions League that happened in August. Uh, I don't really believe in in the whole theory of yeah this is a time for revenge I think psychologically it's a defeat against a, an incredible team and and I, I I do wonder if PSG can go into this game already thinking about that defeat and and I'm not sure that how they can use that so I I really think this was the worst the the worst draw possible of course PSG have some qualities and some some assets to to cause problems for for Bayern, and we saw it in the Champions League final already. You know, if if PSG had taken their chances, they would be they would have been two 0 up at half time. Uh, they ended up losing the game because Bayern were more efficient and maybe more solid, and they had Neuer in goal, which who made a big difference on on everything that he saved, especially the big chance for Kylian Mbappe. Although it was more of a pass from Mbappe than than anything else, but but you know, with the pace of France, you could you could exploit their high line for sure you'd have to be very strong in midfield against Goretzka and Kimmich uh, we saw Danilo Pereira playing really well against Lyon on Sunday night he will play against Bayern because Paredes is suspended for that game so you know that Danilo will play probably with Gates who have that kind of intensity and the, and the activity in midfield and macro variety to, to be the creative player with, with Neymar and then Kylian Mbappe up front with Moise Kane or Angel Di Maria it will depend but there, it's, a, it's a huge task, of, obviously, of the two legs to, to beat this Bayern side. It's not impossible, of course not, but it's a, it's a big ask. And, and when you think that you probably have to face City in the semi-final, then it's, it's, even, it's even more daunting, I guess. But they will believe, and, and, and certainly with belief you can, you can achieve anything and self-confidence, which they will have too. Let's hope that Neymar stays fit. Let's hope that... Um, you know, everybody is fit and ready for that game. They would play Lille on the Saturday before the first leg 
in Munich or wherever it would be played. Uh, so that could be a good rehearsal in, in, in what can, the kind of high performance, high intensity kind of rehearsal you want against Lille for the Bayern game, even if Lille are not obviously as strong as Bayern. But still, I think he, it's good to play a game just before with, with a lot of uh, a lot of stake in the league, very important because if you do well and win and win and win well and play well, that's a huge confidence boost before facing Bayern three days later. So let's hope that's uh, a good start when you come back from international duty. You have got that game against Lille for PSG and then you can focus on Bayern. For neutrals, I think it's, it's an incredible tie. Uh, those two games will be fantastic to watch. And for me, I think I'd be, I'd be far more stressed than anything else really. Hi, I'm Lee Davey and I will be talking about the Bayern Munich against Paris Saint-Germain Champions League quarter-final. Um, really interesting draw this because uh, I think for both teams because it was obviously a repeat of last season's Champions League final which was only back in August. So for PSG particularly the feeling will be very raw and they'll certainly want to prove that they can beat Bayern and get over the line this time. Um, PSG have definitely got the weapons to exploit Bayern's high line and um, certainly with the likes of Mbappe and Neymar and the addition of Moise Keane um, they certainly will pose some pro- some problems to um, to Bayern's backline. Um, on the other side of things, I think that Bayern certainly will uh, will will have the be in the ascendancy when it comes to the midfield battle, just because they are far more powerful, far more creative than PSG's very one dimensional midfield. Uh, PSG will hope to have Verratti as he's the only one really that can offer something you know slightly different to what the other midfielders can, um, but. That would hinge on staying fit and, and obviously his disciplinary record hampers PSG at times. Um, if PSG beat Bayern, then certainly the belief will filter through the squad that they can go on and lift this season's competition. Um, but if they lose, then, you know, they would have felt that, well, they certainly would have lost to the best team in the world. So in regards to that, it's almost like this is the perfect tie for PSG. On paper, you think it's the hardest, and it probably is. But PSG have shown when, they, when they've had their backs to the wall this season, they've been able to come out fighting and uh, and pulled pulled off some fantastic performances, especially away from home at Manchester United, at uh, at Barcelona, and uh, and also that home game against Leipzig, which uh, it was really was backs against the wall for for most of the game. Um, PSG have it's not been pretty this season in the Champions League. It's not been pretty at all. It's been very very difficult. Some of the games have uh, been a bit drab, and uh, PSG have certainly not had it their own way. And somehow came on top of the group after after losing that first game against United. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been a tough season. But PSG are where they are because they deserve to be, and they've performed at the right times and got the results when they needed at the right time. I'm not sure if playing the away leg first will really help PSG because PSG's home form in the Champions League hasn't been fantastic this season. Um, so that second leg, I expect, at, at the Parc de Prince to be really tense affair. Um, the first leg, I think, will be tight. Maybe Bayern might, uh, might, might go into that second leg a goal in front. But certainly if PSG can get that home form back to something where it was a couple of years ago, uh, where there was a little bit of fear and trepidation for away sides coming to the park. I think that maybe that, you know, they might be able to just squeeze through. It'll be tight, it'll be tense, but I think PSG are going to have to play really well for the two legs. And like the situation against Barcelona in the, in the round of 16, uh, PSG are going to have to be really, uh, on song for both legs of this. I expect to see a great tie. Looking forward to it. And I'm hoping, I'm thinking PSG might just nick it.
Hi, Mike. Best regards from Germany. It's a pleasure to speak with you about Bayern Munich. Well, the Champions League, this is the tournament the players love and like. This is the tournament the players train for at FC Bayern. And to defend the title, this is a big dream of the players. No one has achieved that in the actually squad. So this is the big aim, the big topic in the club. And they have been the best team in the last couple of months in Europe, to my opinion. And uh, for sure, it's a very difficult season because of Corona. But Bayern Munich has a very good squad. They have lost quality with players like Thiago. But the core of the team with Sané, Gnabry, Goretzka, Kimmich, and in the defense with Süle with Boateng and for sure with Neuer and Müller is very, very good. It's a very high quality and all these players, they want to defend the title. No one has achieved that in the actual squad of Bayern Munich. And Hansi Flick is a right coach and the right experienced guy for this title. This is the cup the players yeah, wake up for. And um, I'm really convinced that they can defend the title. The group stage was very, very good of the team. And um, you could see it if they struggled in the Bundesliga. It has, hasn't had an influence of the Champions League. In all of the matches, they were very focused, very surprising with their appearances. And um, they played very, very well. And now against Paris, well, it's a big, big, big opponent. They have uh, faced Paris in the final in Lisbon. It was a very balanced match, but Bayern Munich has won and they are warned for Paris. And it's a very, very good team, but I'm convinced that Bayern Munich will come in the final and they will win the final because to defend this Champions League title, I said it, that is the big, big aim of the club and of the players. Well, I'm obviously biased. Bayern versus PSG certainly appears to be a highlight quarterfinal draw, even in a year where that has really good draws all around. It's a repeat of last year's very close final. However, a fair amount has changed between these two sides. PSG don't feel quite at the same level as they were last season, given some players moving on, bringing in a new manager, and injury issues, which has culminated in them being three points behind Leo and Ligun. Bayern as well have struggled to reach the same heights as last year. Fatigue and injuries have certainly played a part in some of those struggles, and notably they crashed out of the DFB Pokal against Bundesliga 2 side Holstein Kiel. The primary issue most people will point to is the back line, which has allowed goals at a rate not seen in nearly three decades. Fortunately, Manuel Neuer has continued his incredible form and has rescued them more times than I can count, but it's clearly the biggest Achilles heels for this team. Yashu Kimmich and Leon Goretzka are vital to Bayern's build-up play and pressing, and are really irreplaceable in the midfield. All of the primary wingers seem to be getting back to health at an form at a fortuitous time this year. Leroy Sané especially has started to show just how good a player he can be over the last month. Serge Gnabry is really getting back into form after a few injury concerns, and Kingsley Coleman has taken a huge step forward this year in terms of his play. Thomas Muller remains a massively important figure in the offense as his link-up play, especially with Robert Lewandowski, has been incredible. Lewandowski himself remains in tremendous form as he pushes to break the previously thought unbreakable Bundesliga record of 40 goals in one season. And there's a feeling amongst Bayern fans that this team has another level that they can 
simply turn on whenever the moment suits them. Every time we watch them play and it looks as though they're struggling or might be about to face an opponent that is too much for them, they seem to just flip a switch and look like we're the world beaters that they were last season once again. While I think this is likely to be a close tie, I'm reasonably optimistic that Bayern will advance. There are several teams that could certainly knock out Bayern this year, depending on how things play out. PSG is amongst them, alongside Man City, who they very well might meet in the next round, and Liverpool, who is a potential final opponent. As with any year, it will all likely come down to fitness and form. Still, I think Bayern has as good a shot as any of coming out on top, so long as they are healthy and play well. On paper, whoever comes out of this side of the bracket will certainly have earned their place with three of the overall favorites in one side. Regardless of the outcome, however, these all should be very entertaining matches, and I'm really looking forward to what should be an exciting conclusion to the Champions League this season. We then have a rematch from the 2018 final in Kiev. Six times champions and my team, Liverpool FC, up against 13 times champions and the most successful team in the competition, Real Madrid. We have four reviews on the Reds, beginning with the Athletics' James Pierce, Premier League accredited writer Keith McDonald. We also have a review from author of the book We Had Dreams and Songs to Sing, Keith Salmon, and finally Match Going Red and one of my good mates, Ryan Dean, with his review. To cover Real Madrid, we have a football journalist in Madrid, Ewan McTier, Mark from La Liga Expert, and finally followed by Scott Martin, a senior analyst at Total Football Analysis. Yeah, I think it's a, a fantastic Champions League draw for Liverpool. Um, you know, I think really you wanted to avoid Man City, avoid Bayern or PSG. Um, and you know the fact that all those three are in the other half of the draw, I think that really does open up the the road to Istanbul. You know, and um, you know, of course it it won't be easy. Um, you know, Real Madrid have have had their problems this season, but they're still they're still more than more than capable. Um, but I think Liverpool have got a real chance. I think obviously the big concern for Liverpool in terms of their Champions League hopes is you know. Is that makeshift back line good enough when you know the challenges get 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 greater and greater, and as well as Nat Phillips and and Kabak have done so far, you know of course they're going to have to raise the bar even further if if Liverpool aren't going to get exposed in the latter stages of the competition. Um, but what I would say with Real Madrid is that you know they're not you know I think. But they don't have a Haaland or an Mbappe. Uh, yes, Benzema has been unbelievable for them over so many years, but he's not the kind to dart in behind, and he hasn't got amazing pace. You know, he's a very intelligent footballer. Um, so, you know, I think uh, you know that doesn't worry me as much as I think it probably would do um, if Liverpool were facing some of those other teams that are left in the competition. Uh, and then, of course, you know, if you get past Real Madrid over two legs, then it's most likely going to be Chelsea. And um, you know, we we know from from previous uh, campaigns that uh, you know two-legged semi-finals with Chelsea, with a place in Istanbul at stake, anything can happen. So um, yeah, just two absolutely mouth-watering games against Real Madrid. Um, you know, of course, it will bring back a lot of memories of of Kiev in 2018. I know. Just how much that kind of, you know, that 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 hurt a lot of people at Liverpool. I think not so much the defeat, but the manner of it, um, and in particular, you know, 
Sergio Ramos's antics, not just on the night, but also the way he conducted himself in the days that followed with all the nonsense about how Salah could have played on and how it, you know Liverpool were just making excuses. And um, But, you know, the reality is, you know, I remember being sat down uh, doing an interview with Klopp about, you know, a few months after the final on the pre-season tour of America and, you know, he, he described Ramos as a brutal wrestler and, um, you know, there was no doubt in his mind that, that Ramos deliberately tried to take Salah out of that final by dumping him on his shoulder. And then similarly, you know, he was, Klopp was absolutely convinced that it was the elbow to the head from Ramos that, that triggered those you know, very embarrassing mistakes from Loris Karius that ultimately decided that final. So, um, yeah, the, uh, you know, those memories are still pretty vivid, despite the fact it's, it's still, it's been three years since. And of course, Liverpool have gone on to win the biggest prizes domestically and in Europe since then. But, um, you know, this, these are the kind of games that uh, Jurgen Klopp will not need to motivate his players for because they'll be absolutely desperate um, to put one over Real Madrid and, uh, and, and avenge that, that 2018 final defeat. And um, you know, I'm expecting two very big performances from Mohamed Salah as well in those games. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident it'll be, you know, I, I, think, I think over the two legs, Liverpool can get the job done. So it's been confirmed that Liverpool will face Real Madrid in the last eight of the Champions League. And to be quite honest, it's a draw that I'm, I'm really happy with. Um, I think before the, the group stage, personally, I was looking at Porto and Real Madrid as the two sides who you'd, you'd probably... Be, be looking to get, you know, everyone will be fighting to get, um, because they are probably the two weakest sides left in the competition, but you know, it's the last eight of the Champions League and and each side who's in the hat is, is here on their own merit, you know, they're not here by luck, they're not here by fluke, you know, they've knocked out Juventus, obviously Real Madrid knocked out Atalanta, um, so you know, they're two really good sides, but in the sense of Real Madrid, certainly feels like their golden generation has certainly come to an end a couple of years ago. You know, we saw them 2016 to 2018 win three European Cups on the bounce. And, and for that achievement alone, they'll certainly go down as one of the golden, you know, European teams and one of the golden ages in European football as, as time commences. Um, but I think, you know, with the loss of Cristiano Ronaldo after that Kiev season, you know, they they don't have Gareth Bale anymore, who who has been a fantastic servant to them, whether, you know, the Los Blancos want to, you know, admit that or not. They've still got, obviously, Karim Benzema, Luka Modric, um, Tony Cruz, Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane. So they've still got a lot of that side that did play in Kiev, but you know they have aged massively, um, and it's not the side that it once was. Um, and we saw that, you know, in Zidane's second spell in charge at, at the Bernabeu. He hasn't enjoyed the same success. Obviously, they've won La Liga titles, but you'd expect that's kind of the given for a club like Real Madrid, you know, Barcelona, to be, to be fighting for, for those titles year in, year out. And ultimately, if they don't deliver, it's it's kind of seen as a disappointment. But in terms of Liverpool, I think Liverpool will really fancy themselves going in, into this quarter-final stage. I mean, hopefully, you know, uh, Jordan Henderson will be fit for the second leg. I mean, Ozan Kabak and, and Nat Phillips will start to, you know, grow game on game, something we've seen in, in recent weeks. Hopefully, Fabinho and Thiago can stay fit. And that midfield, you know, the three of them, whoever it is, whether it be Wijnaldum or Milner or Curtis Jones making up the third man, we've seen that with Fabinho back in the number six role that, they're just he's more controlled the midfield just has a purpose to it it has that intensity you know the, there's more control in the midfield and you know people know what jobs they're doing we haven't got Thiago looking like he doesn't know his role he knows what he's doing in a number eight position but you know because of Liverpool's injuries this season people have been mixed and matched you know we've seen a whole range of different different midfields we've seen 18 centre-half partnerships and you know regardless of what team you are 
you know, it can affect you if you don't have that same kind of core personnel week in, week out. You know, Liverpool have gone from a side comfortably achieving 90 plus points for, you know, two seasons. And it now looks like they'll struggle to finish in the top four. Um, so from that perspective, I'm sure Real Madrid will, will fancy themselves. But it looks like now in the last kind of six, seven, eight weeks of the season that we're kind of going to see a bit of a settled side. It doesn't look like there'll be too many changes. Obviously, Diogo Jota's just returned from injury. It's given Liverpool a huge boost. You know, his goal at Molyneux on Monday evening was the difference between the two sides. His 10th goal of the season. And I think, you know, when we look at the end of the season... Um, and we dissect, you know, the troubles and, and the tribulations of what was a crazy season, and we try and pinpoint where it went wrong for Liverpool. You know, the the focus will be on Van Dijk, the focus will be on Joe Gomez and their injuries. But I, I think, you know, the injury to Jota is just as big, if not, you know, hindered Liverpool more because we saw for a period, and and still, you know, at the minute, Liverpool haven't got that ruthless touch that they've had in recent seasons um you know they, they've struggled to score goals they haven't scored at Anfield in open play since the end of December um and you know Jota just adds that you know impetus he adds that fresh brightness he adds you know he just adds something different and he applies that pressure to the front three which they've never really had before because their places have always been guaranteed because it's been Divock Origi or it's been Yudan Shakiri, you know knocking on the door and, and in reality they're not going to dislodge any of the front three on, on a regular basis so I think Jota and his return is timely and it's massive for Liverpool you know the international break you know people could say oh it's a, a bit of a hindrance for Liverpool and their rhythm but Liverpool got into the international break with you know two really hard-fought wins um, against Wolves and against RB Leipzig and it's something that Jurgen Klopp can take you know massive you know positives from and I think this three-week break until Liverpool play Arsenal it'll just give Liverpool time to you know get players back fit you know just have a bit of a recovery I think in a normal season you know you'd be itching at the bit to play again wouldn't you because you know we've seen after international breaks how Klopp stars sometimes take a, a bit of a while to get going again and you know restart the engine but I think just with the nature of this season and kind of the fast pace intensity of it and I think players just need a rest and, and hopefully, you know, Liverpool will be able to kick on for the last six or seven weeks of the season and, you know, go far into the Champions League and kind of, you know, dislodge whoever's in their way and hopefully, fingers crossed, get their hands on that seventh European Cup come the end of May. Out of all the teams left in the draw, you probably took Real Madrid as our favourite uh, outside of Porto and also getting Porto or Chelsea in the semi-final. That's a great route into Istanbul to win number seven. Um Real Madrid aren't the Real Madrid who beat us in Kiev. Um, I think everyone talks about retribution and what Ramos did to Salah and getting our own back and stuff. But last at that that night, Real Madrid gave us a proper lesson in how to close a football match out. And I think we took that into our own season the following year, where we where we closed so many games out in Europe, there, where ultimately we won it in Madrid number six. Yeah, Madrid aren't the Real Madrid you see. You know the struggle. If ever you want to keep it against you, it's probably Thibaut Courtois. Pretty average at best, I'd say. But they are riddled with quality, you know, right the way through Carvajal, Militao, Ramos, Varane. That's just your back four, potentially, you know, and or, or three out your back four. Casemiro, Valverde, Isco, Hazard, Cruz, Modric, Vela, Mendy. you got names tripping off the tongue and up front. you got Benzema, Asensio. Uh, I've been asking here as well now, uh, coming to the fore. You know, they've got names all over the place, but actually, are they a real team? You know, they're probably as inconsistent as we've been. Um, the great bit for Liverpool is that I think where we've been our best since Christmas is in the Champions League. We've been more relaxed, we played better, looked really good against Leipzig, scored great goals, uh, and looked really positive going forward. 
So I think it's a good time to be playing them. They're inconsistent. So are we. We need to raise our game and stay tight at the back. If we can stay tight at the back, we need to shut Benzema out. We've got every chance of going through. It's just good that we don't have to do, uh, have to head to Madrid once again. It seems like a second home. We now get... So, yeah, roll on Madrid and then roll on Istanbul again with a bit of luck. Um, the Reds. From my perspective as a Liverpool fan, I think we've had a relatively strong Champions League campaign so far. You know, on paper, it could have been a, a tricky group stage, drawing the likes of Ajax and, and Atalanta. You know, everyone knows how strong Ajax have been over the last couple of years, notably missing out on, on the final in 2019. In that famous night against Spurs, um, Atalanta, again, another team you can't underestimate. Only finished five points behind Juve in a strong Italian Italian league last year um, and narrowly missed out on, on reaching the semis in Europe. I think PSG had to score two late injury time goals in that one. Um, so overall, thought we were solid in in the group stage. Um, you know, I think out of the six games, we kept four clean sheets as well. And, you know, with our defensive issues and injury problems we've had, it's a bit of a miracle, really. And, um, you know, with, with our history as well of, of making life difficult for ourselves in the group, it was nice to, to progress with, with a game to spare. Uh, but I think the main thing from the group stage is is the fact that COVID, unfortunately, uh, ruined any chance that we had of... of finally going to Amsterdam um, I think you know if, if you were to ask any Liverpool fan what would be their number one trip away to do it would definitely be, be Ajax um, and then obviously we, we drew Leipzig in, in the last 16 again another team who can't be underestimated they're only a few points behind, behind Bayern in, in the Bundesliga um, so you know went into that one you know probably confident we beat them and, and, and again you know we got the job done we did what we needed to do, 2-0 on both legs. I thought it was two professional performances. Um, Salah, Salah Romane with, with both goals in, in each of the legs. Uh, but the main thing for me in that one is it's nice to have Mane back on the score sheet. And I think everyone knows how well he's, he's been miles off at this season. So I think for him to get a couple of goals um, should give him a bit of confidence. And, and I think we'll need that to, to kick on past the quarters. Um, and obviously in the quarter-final draw on, on Friday, we, we, we got Madrid. I mean, what a massive game that is. Two European elite teams. Just a, a shame, obviously, the fans aren't going to be there to see it. Um, but, you know, as a local fan, I was happy to to avoid probably the big three. Um, you know, Bayern, City, PSG. So with, with our potential route to the final, you know, I'm fairly... Fairly happy with that, but let's take one game at a time. You know, let's not forget Real Madrid, Real Madrid are a massive club. Still, you know, they've still got world beaters in their team. Hazard, Modric, Benzema, Ramos. You know, they've been there, done it so many times. Uh, but I think I think with the bookies, we're, we're favourites to, to progress. And then obviously, um, if we do progress, we'll uh, draw the winner of Chelsea-Porto. Um, personally, I think it'll be Chelsea in that one. Um, and you know I'm confident. I'm confident we can get to the final. Um, the only thing that worries me slightly is is our defensive issues. Yeah, Phillips and Kabaka being brilliant, but when it gets to uh, to the latter stages of of this uh, Champions League campaign, like are, are they good enough? You know, if they're going to come up against the likes of Mbappe, Lewandowski, um, you know, Aguero, you know, those sort of players, are they are they good enough? I'm just not sure. But you know. Never write Liverpool off. This Champions League campaign has been a strange one for Real Madrid. 
Although this era of closed-door matches has been odd for every team, it's been stranger for them than most because, well, they haven't been playing at their home ground. While redevelopment work is carried out on the Bernabeu, Real Madrid have been playing at the stadium in their training ground in Valdebebas and it creates an odd atmosphere. That was clear from the very first Champions League match of this season. They found themselves 3-0 down at half-time at home, or sort of at home, to Shakhtar Donetsk. They lost that game 3-2 and they struggled throughout the group stage, but a 2-0 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach on the final match day of the group stage put them into the last 16 and actually put them through top of the group. Then they got a relatively kind draw by getting Atalanta. That was still a big challenge, of course, but an Atalanta red card just 17 minutes in to the first leg of the tie. That helped Real Madrid massively. There's no doubt about that. They won 1-0 away, then 3-1 at home, and finished the job in style, to be fair. It hasn't been a smooth path to the quarterfinals then, but the most important thing from a Real Madrid point of view is that they're there. They went out at the last 16 stage in each of the previous two editions against Ajax and Manchester City, so they've already done well to make it this far. And the last three times they made it this far, well, they went on to win the whole thing. The reaction to drawing Liverpool has been interesting. I think people know that Liverpool are having a tough season and aren't what they were this time last year. But in Spain, there's a sort of mystical level of respect for Liverpool because of their history, because of Anfield, uh, because of Klopp, what he's done recently. So nobody's underestimating Liverpool, but I think it's a good draw for Real Madrid. And even better for them is that PSG, Bayern Munich and Manchester City are all in the opposite half of the draw. So if they were to make the semis, it would be Porto or Chelsea. So it's certainly doable because we've seen this team, we've seen this coach, we've seen these players do it before. Casemiro, Luka Modric and Toni Kroos are playing some of their best football in years. So yeah, watch out for Real Madrid. So Real Madrid find themselves in the Champions League quarterfinals again. And... I think overall they'll be pretty happy with the draw in that they've ended up on the other side to both Manchester City and Bayern Munich, who are who look like the best two teams in Europe at the moment. If there was ever a good time to be drawn against Liverpool in the Champions League, it's perhaps this season. I mean, clearly they're not at their best right now. They're losing a lot of home games in very strange circumstances. And... I think Real Madrid also will feel as though going to Anfield in the second leg is, is just not that daunting a prospect at the moment with no no fans' presence. And they've also been boosted by the news that the first leg will take place in Madrid rather than at a neutral venue, which looks likely when the draw is made. Now, this certainly isn't a vintage Real Madrid team. It's not one of the best. It's certainly not one of the most exciting we've ever seen. But there is still a really strong spine there going from Courtois, Varane, Ramos, Casemiro, Cruz, Modric to Benzema up front. There's still a lot of players who have been there, gone all the way in this competition, have won this multiple times. And it's also a team that has has generally done the business in the big games this season. And they've had a lot of surprising defeats, some really poor performances. Their Champions League campaign started with a a really poor 3-2 home defeat against Shakhtar Donetsk. They were 3-0 down inside 45 minutes against the Ukrainian side who were actually missing a lot of players due to a COVID outbreak as well. And They ended up losing both games against Shakhtar, but beating into twice, winning their make-or-break final game against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And then they 
I managed pretty comfortably in the last 16 against Atalanta, winning 4-1 on aggregate. So, all of a sudden, there's a bit of cautious optimism, I'd say, amongst Madridistas at the moment. And there's a sense that they now have an opportunity to do something in the Champions League this season, whereas certainly before the last 60, and even before the quarterfinal draw, I think a lot of Real Madrid fans and perhaps even the players themselves didn't really believe they were going to be strong enough this season in Europe. Heading into the quarterfinal draw, Real Madrid really wanted to avoid Bayern Munich, Manchester City, and PSG. And it just happened to work out that all three of those teams are on the other side of the bracket. Now, looking at the four teams on Real Madrid and Liverpool's end, there's definitely no easy matchups. Uh, you know, we've seen in previous years that even an upstart team like a Leon or an Ajax can give the current powers some issues. And Porto's very much in that mold. So there are no easy matchups at this stage of the competition. So you really do have to dig a little bit deeper to see how the two teams line up. And that's where I think as Real Madrid looks at this, yes, it's going to be difficult. There will be a little extra motivation for Liverpool given the way the uh, 2017-18 Champions League final turned out, especially with Mohamed Salah's injury at the hands of Sergio Ramos. But when you look at these two teams and how they match up, Real Madrid's greatest strength is just their defensive tenacity. Uh, they're still a very strong defensive team, especially when Ramos is in the lineup. You look at Liverpool, their strength is with the potency of their attack. Now, Liverpool's defense, especially without Virgil van Dijk, has shown that they are very very susceptible to uh, strong attacking moves from opponents this season. So I do think this is where Real Madrid will look at this tie and see that they've actually maybe got a leg up heading into the matchup. So the team is just starting to find its form. Players are returning to health. And we're starting to see a little bit of fluidity with the attack. So... Yeah, again, not an easy matchup for either team. Zidane himself has said that the team will have to suffer, that this will be a difficult tie. They will have to perform at their best to get anything out of it. But again, that's that's true with any matchup at this stage in the, the competition. But when I, you look at the way these teams match up, strength versus strength with attack, tactics for Liverpool versus Real Madrid's defensive work, but then I give the edge to Real Madrid's attack versus Liverpool's defense. So this should be a wildly entertaining draw. Um, I could definitely see Liverpool having the or setting the attacking tone throughout the tie. But this will be really entertaining for both the fans and the neutrals as well. Our final game to review is FC Porto versus Chelsea. For this match, we have a review from the Porto side of things from Pedro Miguel, a massive Porto fan, followed by a Chelsea review from Dom, a writer at the Chelsea Social. I'm quite pleased we got Chelsea. I think Chelsea's still in a transition period where their players are still getting to know the manager and vice versa. In this phase of the Champions League, I don't think there's too much to choose from and the big dogs are still in the competition and Porto's obviously the underdog. 
I'm really delighted with how well Porto's been doing in the Champions League. Not so well on the domestic competitions as we are trailing for 10 points. In the past two seasons, we've sold a lot of first-team players and to get to this stage the way we did, I think any Porto fan would agree with me and say that going through the last 16 was already a big achievement considering we faced a team that on paper had a brilliant team. With the league being so far away from, from reach now, I think Porto will be trying to, the, the hardest to to go through uh, to maybe uh, get less impacted financially. An extra money in the pocket wouldn't hurt in any means. Hi guys, this is Dom DeMang from the Chelsea Social. So just a quick review on Chelsea's Champions League draw against Porto. So of course, looking at the ties we've avoided, you've got to be pleased with drawing Porto. But despite that, it's not an easy tie. I would say far from it. I mean, you don't knock out Juventus over two legs without being a good side. And you look at Porto's league situation, they're currently 10 points behind leaders sporting in the league, which is not really good enough for the reputation that they have as a club in Portugal. Uh, They're used to winning titles and trophies. And speaking of other trophies, they're out of their domestic cup too. Uh, They lost in the semi-finals. So the Champions League is all they really have to turn around the season. So their full focus will be on that. But moving on to Chelsea... Do I think we have enough to get through the tie? I mean, yes, absolutely. Um, I think you look at how our campaign has gone and we had an overall good group stage finishing top during a tough period in the league uh, under Frank Lampard in the early stages of the season. And when the Atletico Madrid draw came out after the group stages, I don't think anyone would have expected the the result that we had over the two legs against them. Uh, it was a dominant performance, to be honest. And it's a real testament to the improvement that Tuchel's brought to the side. Uh, Do I think Chelsea can go all the way? I mean, who knows? We won it in 2012 under much more difficult circumstances. uh, So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, But in terms of the draw against Porto, uh, I believe we do have enough to get through the tie. And if you look a little bit further down the line as well, obviously we know that the draw for the the semi-finals of the Champions League also takes place uh, at the same time as the quarters. So Chelsea is a club we know that we'll come up against if we beat Porto, either Liverpool or Real Madrid, which I think we can all appreciate if you look at the other side of the Champions League draw, avoiding the likes of uh, Manchester City and Bayern Munich. means that we're obviously on the more favourable side of the draw to get to the final. But it's important not to get too carried away at this stage. Uh, it's easy to plot your route to the final as if you're just going to walk through every game. But Porto's not going to be an easy tie at all. Uh, so we just got to beat the side that's in front of us and then we can move forward. Uh, but it's a good time to be a Chelsea fan and I'm looking forward to the games. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see us doing something similar to this again in the future, please let us know via our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, all at Go in the Match. And we'd love to hear any feedback you had on this. If you enjoy this podcast as a whole, please make sure you share, subscribe and of course, leave us a five star rating.